I'm still very bullish on multifamily. Um, you know, I think it's, I think when we all look back a year from now and we look at the different sectors and we look at multifamily, um, we're going to see that it, it fared definitely on the top of everything else. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. And welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me today, I'm excited to have George Abreu. George, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Uh, well, doing well. Thanks for joining me. Definitely appreciate it. A little bit about George. He's been investing in real estate full time for over 14 years. He started in single family and small multifamily properties, similar to me. So that's kind of cool. He's wholesaled over 200 properties, fixed and flipped over 100 properties, and developed several new construction projects, over 8 million in ground up. And for the past three years, he's been solely focused on large multifamily properties. Uh, George is currently an active and passive full-time multifamily real estate investor and has 17, over 1,700 doors on the GP side and over 1,400 doors on the LP side and has a bunch more under contract. I'm going to let you take it from there, George, because there's more story to tell. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit more detail about your background and cover anything that I maybe missed? Yeah, um, no problem. So like you said, I started in, in single family, um, graduated from the university with an engineering degree, went to work for actually UPS in their engineering department. Wasn't thrilled about being an engineer. Um, probably realized that during my senior year in the university. Um, so I started looking to other, I started looking at other successful individuals and what they had done and how they had built their wealth. And I kept seeing everything pointing towards real estate, or at least a good majority of it. So that's when I started looking into, into real estate. I got um, my realtor's license because I thought I needed that. And then I got my mortgage broker's license, did a little bit of that. And then um, realized that I really didn't need any of that to do investing. Um, so I got some coaching and started doing some deals after a couple deals, um, quit my job and started doing real estate full time. That was over 13 years ago. Um, then about three or four years ago, I kind of, I woke up and I just, I looked back and I was like, okay, what have I done for the past 10 years? What have I built? Um, you know, I had started a, I did start a construction company in the whole, uh, when I started doing the single family and wanted to scale that, I realized that having a construction company could help. We, we got burned quite a bit of times by GCs. Um, so, you know, I, I did have that company that I had built. I did have the, the single family, but it was very transactional. We, um, we had a couple holds, some smaller multifamilies as well, but, um, for the most part, it was a lot of fix and flips and a lot of wholesaling. So very transactional. Um, didn't quite have that, that, that wealth built in and that, that passive uh, cash flow coming in. So that's when I started looking more into multifamily. And once I realized that you can syndicate and purchase these massive properties, 
Um, and the benefits of doing that, I mean, the tax benefits, et cetera, I, I went all in, you know, I stopped doing single family altogether. I, I tried doing both for a little bit and I realized, you know, let me put my focus here. Let me conquer this. Um, and that's what I've been doing for the past three, three and a half years. Uh, same with my construction company. I stopped doing single family altogether and just focused on multifamily and, and commercial there as well. Nice. Nice. Um, so your construction company is still going. Yes. Okay. And are they, is the construction company mainly for your own purposes to renovate the current properties that you've got or you're buying or are you doing other work outside of that too? Or is is it third party work? We do do uh, third party work. Um, mainly, you know, it it was built for our internal projects. Um, we like having that control just like, you know, some, uh, sponsors like having the, the property management in-house. We like having the construction in-house as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, we do do third party for other investors and, um, that way we, we can keep our crews busy at all times. You know, that's very important on the construction. You don't want to f- lose a crew because you don't have the work to give them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree. I mean, that's, that's what was a big part of, of why I did the same thing. Um, it, it allows you to keep that control allows expenses to stay way down, um, by having your own construction company. So, um, where, where's the, like, you know, obviously we're in this, uh, COVID time and, yes. uh, there's so much confusion uh, going on out there. Uh, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on the whole thing. Cause quite frankly, we don't know what's going to mm-hmm. happen, but I just want to know a little bit about kind of how your company's positioning itself and, uh, kind of what you're looking forward to in the future. Yeah. So currently, like you said, there's a lot of unknowns. So we, we've definitely, um, implemented a lot of things on the asset management side and we're trying to reserve as much cash as we can just in case. Um, and then we've implemented a whole lot of, uh, systems and procedures as far as still being able to get things done through this time. Um, especially when it comes to collections and, and to our residents, um, continuing to, to lease out units, which we've done a good job of and trying to pretty much offer everything we can online, uh, less contact, the better, but still keeping our offices open and still having that presence on site. Yep. Um, I think is, is pretty important. And then um, just doing it all safe, even the construction part of it, we, we've had to implement a lot of procedures to keep our, our clients safe, to keep our crews safe, our employees. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of adjusting for sure. And then as far as what I think, in my opinion, as far as multifamily and moving forward, I'm still very bullish on multifamily. Um, you know, I think it's, I think when we all look back a year from now and we look at the different sectors and we look at multifamily, um, we're going to see that it, it fared definitely on the top of everything else. Um, and I, I think there's going to be opportunities coming. Uh, we're seeing some already and 
I don't think it's going to be a massive window of opportunities just because before this all started, the economy was in a great place or everybody knows that, yeah. um, you know, we kept talking, seems like year after year, we kept saying, okay, this is going to be the year, this is going to be the year. Yeah. And, you know, it just kept on strong and stronger. Um, so I think we can get back there. You know, there's going to be some lasting effects for sure. I mean, I'm not, I, I know that. I think everybody can see that how bad it's going to be. I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows that it's going to depend a lot about right now when we start opening everything back up, you know, how does that go? Yeah. And um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And the story is yet to be written, right? Right. Hey, I want to interrupt real quick and talk to you about the North star real estate conference virtual event. Look, this is going to be an experience. So if you wanted to take your investing to the next level, if you wanted to start investing, we're talking about cash flowing real estate at this conference and it's a, it's more than a conference like i said it's a, it's a and it's an experience so it's not your run of the mill webinar where you go well i could just listen to youtube videos podcasts so on. no we're going to actually have interactive networking you're going to be able to network you're going to be able to speak with the speakers you're going to be able to network speak with the sponsors you're going to be a network and speak with each other and the idea is look the, the live events the best thing the best part is the networking we want to bring that to the virtual experience and that's what we're doing so my team has been putting a ton of time in to getting that together so you can have the best experience possible and it's not just webinars it's not just a bunch of information being thrown at you no this is an experience. So we've got some amazing speakers. We've got Trevor McGregor. We've got Brandon Turner and Michael Blanc. We've got um, uh, Anna Myers. We've got myself. We've got amazing speakers. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. We get so many more. We want you to attend this event. Look, if you want success now, this is an event you have to attend. It's going to be October 23rd and 24th virtual event. And you can go onto our website, uh, the nreconference.com, and get your tickets. Go ahead and use the promo code DEX, D-E-X, and that'll give you a discount. Get your tickets for $97. Or if you want to do the VIP, and the VIP is an amazing experience as well, uh, that'll give you a discount as well on those tickets. So sign up now. Don't wait. Anybody who waits just ends up not taking action. People that are action takers, people that are successful, they actually get it done. And that's you. Talk, talk a little bit more in depth about the asset management, because that's a really important factor. I think a lot of podcasts, uh, myself probably included, don't cover asset management and systems as much as we probably should, right? Uh, so talk about maybe some of the things you're doing and implementing to try to continue to collect rents, uh, continue to lease. Uh, you've already kind of mentioned some stuff, but let's go a little bit more in depth in that. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've, at all our properties, we've made sure that we can, um, that online you can tour a unit. We're getting, um, starting to tour the property, you know, doing videos of, of the actual walking through the property, seeing the amenities. Yeah. Yeah. You guys versus, done drone footage yet? Um, we do have some drone footage that it's not specific. It's things that we had done before, but not specific to, you know, now. Sure. Sure. So we could probably do better there. And we, then we, we um, don't you know, have, we don't have that either, but as you said, I thought, well, that would be really cool to do. Yeah. You know, a drone footage where you, 
you zoom into the property, you can see the city from all the zoom in, fly over. I can see the parks and like all the stuff that's around. I've got some really cool properties that are right near parks and rivers and stuff like that. And you can see the whole whole thing. I think that'd be a really cool feature to where people are. Yeah, no, man. I think it's important. I mean, yeah. you know, to, to have somebody feel comfortable and wanting to live somewhere before yeah. they, they, they step foot there. Um, and then as far as uh, the whole process of, um, leasing out the unit, you know, the application, everything, making sure that that can all be done online. Um, same with collecting rents. You know, we've seen a huge spike of online payments. Yeah. Um, and then communication, communicating with your residents nonstop. Um, and then you also with the communicate with them, because uh, obviously like a, a knocking on the door to talk with them is a little a little different, right? We're not yeah, talking. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing some of that too, but yeah, not, not as much, probably. <laughs> not as much, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it it it, de- it varies from property to property. Sure. Um, ideally, we would like to have, you know, one system through all all the properties, but we have different property managers, in some of them. So, um, it just varies. I mean, but anywhere from text messages to if if we've got an app built in um emails obviously is, is a big one and then um communicating with the team so we've gone from all the way down to to daily calls on some of the properties um definitely weekly and um just tracking every everything making sure we're on top of it and we're we're taking care of our investors investments and and yeah, that we come through. Yeah, I think one thing I've I've done uh, differently is I've I've been asking for a lot more data um, for my property management company. Where before yeah. we were getting plenty of data, but I, I I'm asking for more like I want it consistent. You know, I don't want just a couple times here and there. I want it very consistent to see what's going on, get updates when we're getting move outs, who's not paying rent, and that type of stuff. So I think that's really important. Uh, talk quick about you mentioned your investors like. Uh, any changes on how you're communicating with them? Any things that you've done differently with your investors? Yeah. I mean, we, we've started sending weekly updates when weekly. Okay. Yeah. When it used to be, um, I mean, we started with quarterly and then we started going to, to monthly updates Mm -hmm. before COVID, but um, now we've taken it down to weekly. You know, we want to let them know exactly what's going on every week and just, um, you know, let them uh, feel comfortable pretty much. Yeah. I think that's really important. Probably uh, something I was uh, been thinking about as well. And I haven't done weekly yet. Um, I am, I sent out like a, a middle of the month type of update. So basically twice a month. Um, but I think weekly is smart. I've, I've actually heard of uh, one company doing daily. I think that's maybe excessive, but um, but communication I think is the main thing is we want to mm-hmm. communicate to our residents. We want to communicate to our property managers. We want to communicate to our investors. So everybody knows what's going on because it's a scary time. People are yeah. super unsure of like what's happening and you hear things in the media. Right. And I was just talking with one of my investors the other day and I was telling about the performance of our properties because May has been a really good month so far. And they said, Oh, that's really cool because it like 30% of tenants out there just aren't paying rent. Uh, and, and I said, well, where did you hear that? Oh, I read an article on it. I said, oh, 
I think I know the article you're talking about. They put out some statistic and said like 30% of the people hadn't paid rent yet in April. And that was like, you know, by April 2nd or something like that. Where right, right. That's nowhere a, near what the average actually is. Well, yeah. And in like a traditional sense, like, you know, 25% haven't paid rent by that. So yeah, a couple of people are not paying yet, but so you, you like, my point is, I guess people like see things, hear things and they go, Oh my gosh, uh, what's going on. And if they're not getting communication with you, they might be a little freaked out and panicking where you can just settle them down a little bit. You can show them reality. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. really important. So, um, so you've done a lot of, uh, of scaling fairly quickly. I mean, the three, you changed your model, you transitioned from these single families, um, small multifamilies, fix and flip, wholesale, and you transition to this multifamily model. Um, take me through kind of what, so, what some of your success habits were and um, maybe just some, you know, just, just some of the skills or, or success, you know, stories that you can provide anybody who's listening. Because there are a lot of people that are listening that go, I want to do the same thing. Like, and it might not be they're doing single family, they might be doing something totally, but they want to see that, that growth happening. They're ready for it. Take us through a little bit of that. Yeah. So, um, you know, a couple of things I can think of is uh, from day one, when I decided to, this was the path I was going to take, I decided I wanted to build it with a team. I didn't want it just to be myself. I wanted to scale. I wanted a team. So I started with systems from the beginning. Um, I've done it the other way where I was pretty much doing everything and, um, you know, there's only so much one person can do. Yeah. So yeah. that's one thing that, that helped me scale. And then, um, I'm also willing to partner with others and, um, you know, as far as having like co GPs to, yeah. to be able to scale as well. And, um, I've been lucky in that sense where I've done a ton of networking. I've met a lot of different co-GPs. And then when I see that, okay, well, you know, that co-GP is really good at doing that. We're really good at doing this. You know, let's put that together and let's, let's see how many properties we can, we can take down as a team. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what's allowed me to, to scale quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's so huge. A lot of people think they're going to do it themselves and because they've been able to do it themselves in single family homes or, you know, something like that. But when you get to wanting to scale big, go from, you know, a couple properties or, or you know, flipping basically to, to go to 17, over 1700 units, it takes more than just you. Right. Yeah. Uh, your success would have been very limited if you you were trying to do it just yourself. Uh, For sure. That that that's definitely huge. Um, what's a what's a like a daily habit, daily routine that that has been able to you know get you there as well? Um, I actually just started doing this with my team since since COVID, and I thought it, it's worked pretty pretty well. Um, is we. We email each other every morning with our top priorities. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, an email thread going and, and everybody lists their top priorities for that day. And then yeah. at the end of the day, 
we report back and we say what top priorities we've completed and we give ourselves kind of a score for that day of what we accomplished. Um, I really like that. Yeah, it's a really simple, you know, quick, but the team has adapted to it quickly and it's worked well. A little bit of accountability uh, yes. and, and mindset focus, right? You get a focus on what you're going to actually accomplish that day. And then you got accountability at the end of the day. Did, did yep. I actually do this or not? Or did I, you know, watch Netflix all day? Right. So. Right. And some co- collaboration as well. Cause yeah. um, sometimes we'll, yeah. a teammate will see, Oh, look, they're trying to get that done and they can't oh, get that yeah, done true. unless I get something done. True. Definitely. Um, what's a mistake that you've made and how have you, how have you actually learned from it? Mistake I've made. Um, you haven't made any, have you? No, not one, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, you know, I, I, trying to think of a different answer because I've said this one before in, in, in some other podcasts, but um, kind of leaning towards it is, is just not starting to do multifamily earlier yeah. Um, yeah. and, you know, kind of getting stuck in that, that day to day with the, with the single family and the, and the flips. And um, if I would have slowed down a little bit, kind of plan that out more, um, you know, could have yeah. been in a, in a different place right now, but, um, getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're where you're at right now. You're successful. You're building, you're growing, but I, I can get with you there. Uh, it would have yeah. been nice to maybe start a little bit earlier, yeah. um, on the multifamily. I did the same thing. I, I don't know if it was the same reasoning. Uh, and I don't I, maybe it's not the same reason, but I just feel like I just got kind of complacent, right? It was easy. Like I was good at doing flips. I was good at, you know, that buying these small one to four family rental properties for really cheap and be able to fix them up and then be able to get all in with no money down at the end of the day. And so I was good at that. Like it was easy. And why not just continue that? We're multifamily. Like I would have to learn something totally new. And it was something I wanted to do, but at the same time, it was just easy to, continue what I was doing no that that makes sense man I mean you grow in the uncomfortable right I mean yeah all I've done for the past three years is be uncomfortable every day almost (laughs) I mean this for me is uncomfortable alone I am not a very uh natural um outgoing person but um I've put myself in in those positions and it's it has made me grow for sure I think that uh, that brings up something interesting because a lot of people probably are, feel the same as you, right? They're, would you call yourself more of an introvert? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so as an introvert, somebody who's not like out there splashy trying to be on a, every single podcast, or even if you are on podcast, you're, you know, it's like not your element. Um, but you raise money, right? And you get investors into your deal. So, how are you getting investors in your deal being an introvert, not wanting to get yourself out there? Like, what, what do you do? What would you say to those people who are the same way as you? Like, what are some tips? I mean, you just, if you want it, you got to do it. I mean, you just got to put yourself out there. I mean, uh, you know, the second I decided that this is what I was going to do, I put myself out there on, on social media. I started doing, uh, 
Facebook Live. I started doing videos. I started networking, talking to everybody. Um, You've got a meetup too, right? I started a meetup. Um, and, you know, some people don't realize this, but it, it, it does take a lot more energy than it might for somebody that's an, an extrovert. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's draining. Like when I go to these events and I'm networking for three days straight, I mean, I'm exhausted <laughs> by the end of those three days. But um, yeah, I would say just, just get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I would say I'm maybe somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm really outgoing after I meet somebody, but it's, I'm not the person that's just going to go up to you just randomly and go shake your hand and who are you and, you know, introduce myself. But at the same time, if you come up to me, then we're good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to get yourself um, known to people and then be able to talk about what you do. Uh, and then, of course, uh, it helps being honest, ethical, you know, just. just oh, absolutely. Yeah. Having, I mean, you got to follow having, that up with yeah, and having results. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely good. Um, so I've got a couple more questions kind of before we wrap up here. But mm-hmm. I want to I want to know we've already talked about some of the success uh, tips, but I, I've got more specifically just three factors for your success. We've talked about teams and systems, but let's do three. Let's try to push for three more if we can. Three factors, three reasons for your success. Like what have you done? Um, number one is, is focused. You know, like I said, I stopped doing the, the single family flips. I put all my focus towards, towards multifamily. Um, and once I did that, then things really started coming uh, into place and, and happening. Yeah. Um, second is probably, probably what we just talked about, you know, which is li- living the uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I put myself out there, I, I got uncomfortable and that, that also helped to make things happen. And then, um, the third factor is, um, and this may just be more for me as far as uh, when I first started doing this, I was looking just here in, I live in Dallas. I was looking here in Dallas and I underwrote deal after deal after deal and just couldn't get the numbers to pencil. And then not till I finally said, you know what, let me kind of start looking on the outside and not just in my backyard. And um, that's when things really started to uh, pencil as far as the numbers. And then, you know, we started picking up deals um, outside of Dallas, even though um, we did end up doing one here in Dallas and we'll probably do more. It's just, you know, the pricing is uh, a little tough. Um, And not even that, I think sometimes too, if, uh, if you're in an area, sometimes you'll disregard a deal just because, you know, that area and you maybe knew what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you won't just look at the numbers. Yep. Yep. You know, when I'm at a, looking at a city that, that I really don't know that well, I'm just looking at the numbers and that's yep. what I'm paying attention to. And Yeah. I, I think that's so true. And a lot of people are like, Oh, you got to invest in your own backyard because that's what you know the best. Well, it, it, but you, you do, yes but you no. also, you <laughs> also remember the past too. And you don't focus on the what's happening. Like 
if, if I were to ask, I bet a hundred people where their market is emerging, like what are the trends of how things are going and why, and like what is happening? I bet a lot of people in that city, that area couldn't tell you. Like they mm-hmm. wouldn't know. And I can remember back when my, my wife and I, we bought our first house to live in and we bought it in St. Paul, in the city, in an area that, you know, probably 15 years prior was a really bad area. It was a, a very bad. I mean, you, yeah, I, I can remember stories of people um, telling me that used to, that grew up in the area that they would take the bus to school and there's people laying on the side of the sidewalks with newspapers on them in the morning that that was their homeless wow. people everywhere. I mean, it was, you know, so, and when we were looking to buy a house in that area, and she was telling other people where we're buying this house. These people that are, you know, 50, 60 years old are saying, Ooh, don't buy there. It's a terrible area. And, but they grew up, they know it. And, and so do they know their backyard? Sure. But they also know what used to be a mm-hmm. lot of times and they're not paying attention. So yeah, sometimes we know our backyard, but right. a lot of, I, I would be questioning people that are, going in there, investing in their own backyard, do you really know it? Like, have you studied it? What's the unemployment rates? All that kind of stuff. Are you paying as, because I'm sure you, my guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were investing outside of your own backyard, you're studying that market. Correct. Very thoroughly. Yes. Yes. All the numbers know. Yeah. Better than I know here. Unfortunately. And, and, and uh, let me follow up with the question. You were doing your single families, your fix and flips, all that kind of stuff in Dallas. Is that right? I was. Yeah. Did you study the market prior to investing in Dallas? I mean, study it, like thoroughly study it and know the employment trends and know all that kind of stuff. No. No. And I'm the same way. Like, no, yeah. I didn't. Like, I knew it was like, I knew some stuff, but I, right. you know, I didn't pay attention. Yeah. Not like I know now. Not like yeah. you know now. Yeah. 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 So good stuff. Good stuff. I think that's really important for those listeners who go in. I want to invest in my own backyard. It's fine. Like I have nothing against that, but study it like it's not your own backyard. Study it like you have no clue what's going on in that market. And that way you really get to know it from an investor standpoint, not just from a person who's lived there standpoint. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up here. I want to, I got a, two more questions I want to ask you. Actually, I got three. I got one that just popped up in my head. Um, I want, I want to know uh, for my listeners out there, I want to know like when you did that transition from single family to multifamily, how'd you get taken serious? Like, what did you do? What, did, what are some tips that you can give our investors, our listeners out there to get taken serious? Um, yeah. So the I specifically, I guess. Yeah, the the angle I took, um, I'm not sure if that's the right way of saying it, but uh, where I figured I, I brought the most um, value was on the construction side. Mm. So I, I, I quickly noticed that a lot of the investors that were doing these multifamily syndications didn't have a lot of experience with the renovations and the construction side. So you know, I went in with, with that experience um, and then found a GP that had the track record part of it and could use 
um, my construction experience and that's, that's how I got started. Um, I suggest, you know, others can do the same, find where you add that value. And then since you have no track record, if you're just starting, you know, find somebody that does have the track record and, um, bring that value to them. Yeah. So powerful. So powerful right there. I mean, you, you, you couldn't go from buying a, I should say you couldn't, but you, you know, going from buying single families to buying a 200 unit apartment complex is pretty, pretty unrealistic for most people. So going from doing what you're doing to adding that value in the construction portion and then getting into a, you know, hundred, 200, whatever you got into was a perfect way in. Mm-hmm. And you were an expert in what you, you had already established. So that, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's really good. Cool. Um, what's a, what's a book that you can recommend to our listeners? Oh man. Um, so many good ones. Uh, let me think. I mean, there's cash flow quadrant was a big one for me that kind of opened my eyes on, um, you know, different types of incomes and, and where I wanted to be. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll stick with that one. I, awesome. I can go on and on. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You got to get your library full of books. Um, last question. And this, you can answer kind of how, whatever comes to your mind, right? A lot of people answer it in different ways. So just whatever comes to your mind, answer it. And I didn't prep you for it. So what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Three pillars of wealth creation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a, that's a good one, man. Um, so I guess you can interpret that in, in different ways. Exactly. That's yeah. the, that's the beauty. Of that's the- <laughs> Answer whatever comes to your mind. <laughs> All right. I mean, the first, the first thing that comes to mind is, is, is creating passive income. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. And, and, true passive income, um, you know, being a GP on <laughs> a multifamily deal is not passive income. Mm-hmm. So that's why I still do passive investments in multifamily. Yeah. Um, and I will continue to, to find other streams of income that are, that are passive. Yeah. Um, and so three pillars. So I guess that would be one. Um, three pillars of wealth. Um, I would like to say maybe the second one to be, you know, how I define wealth is really where I can, to the point where I can spend time with my family, time with my loved ones, and not worry about finances at all, you know, truly be there present um, and be able to provide whatever we want to do. You know, if we want to go on this vacation, go to Europe for two months, which nobody's going to do right now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can do that and not worry about it. To me, that's, that's wealth. Yes. Um, which I guess goes back to the first pillar, you know, having that passive income as well. But, um, and then the third is, um, 
I definitely want to leave uh, wealth for my family. You know, when I'm gone, I want to leave that legacy legacy for sure. Um, yeah. Awesome. I love them. I love them. passive income, spending time with family and loved ones and leaving that legacy. Those are awesome. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, George, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend with us. How can our listeners uh, get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on, have a conversation with you? Sure. Um, they can check out my website, uh, Elevate CIG. So it's Elevate Commercial Investment Group, but the website's elevatecig.com. Um, you can see a lot about me and my team on there. And we've got a free ebook that they can uh, download all about investing uh, in multifamily. Cool. And then um, if they want to shoot me an email at George, which is J O R G E at elevatecig.com. I've also got some, a uh, couple different checklists. I can send them a due diligence checklist, um, questions to ask a sponsor before investing passively. Cool. cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, George, again, appreciate you joining us. You have a fantastic rest of the day and uh, take care of my friend. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe your radio review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this so uh, the other thing i've got for you is a free ebook on my website so go on to venturedproperties.com venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.